So what are spiritual gifts? Well, the Apostle Paul lays them out for us here in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians, but why are they there and how are they used and for what purpose? That's what we hope to answer on today's edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, this is Truth For Today. Welcome to our broadcast. Our time together today returns us to Romans chapter 12 as well as 1 Corinthians. We're continuing our look at the spiritual gifts and you. That's right. These gifts are designed for you and I, but not for you and I to have and to hold, but for you and I to make use of for the benefit of others, as we're seeing here by the Apostle Paul. Please join us as we seek to get a comprehensive understanding of these spiritual gifts, who they're for, and for what end. With this edition of Truth For Today Now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. He came over, he grabbed me by the shirt, he said, I want to tell you, I ain't worried about your gift. I said, rake the leaves. Some of you, you haven't done anything so long to access your gift. What is your gift? Moss? Inhale? No, he said, if you've got it, use it or you'll lose it. You, you won't take it away, but you'll atrophy like the body. You know, I've been through several back surgeries and a hip replacement. I know what it is to lay in a hospital bed. And by the time you get out of that thing, you feel like you've lost your muscles. It's hard to do any of the pain. Because if you just lay in a bed long enough, just give you a week flat on your back, and you'll be amazed. You'll lose about 70% of your body's strength one week of doing nothing. And many a believer, they're like a bad photograph. They're overexposed and underdeveloped. They hear, 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 hear. They hear MacArthur. They hear me. They hear this. They hear this. I do. I do say, well, what are you, a sermon taster? There's no gift of sermon tasting. What is God doing through you? He put you in this body to contribute. To be exercised, whatever that is. And this is not a curse. It is, I have a purpose. I have function. I have functionality built into me in the body of Christ. I think it's beautiful. And one of your functions is not just to be nice and hear sermons and tell the pastor, I really loved it. Well, I know you didn't. Your face gave you away. And you don't have to love every sermon. You just got to obey the word of God. Huh? I had a guy tell me, he said, boy, I didn't get anything out of your sermon today. I said, I didn't either. But it's still the Word of God. Do you actually know those days I don't feel like preaching? I feel like Hawaii is calling. <laughs> Dave Hurtado, he, he's always on the look. He's a piranha. I had a group invite me to do a marriage retreat on a a sailing vessel, they would make a trip down into Mexico, and I would be teaching. And Dave said, Pastor, don't you need me to fill that for you? I mean, I have a, I have a cruise ship ministry. I never heard of the gift until that. Uh, if it is teaching, if you've got the gift of teaching, don't tell us. Why don't you teach? And, and why don't you start with children? And quit waiting for me to have a heart attack and for me to ask you here. We got plenty of opportunity if you're willing to just serve anywhere. Okay? Anywhere. 
if it is a gift of encouraging, I'd say, who are you encouraging? You know, if you said, I've got the gift of encouragement, and no one's been encouraged around you in five years, I said, you know, uh, honey, have you got the clue? You either don't have it, or you never display it. And people who are not displaying some kind of uh, contribution, they're spiritually unhealthy. They may be in bitterness, unforgiveness, uh, they're judgmental of the church, whatever. They've got some excuse for why they don't function. God made you to function. He's just really saying, if you've got it, use it. The body's not edified over people that got stuff they don't use. Display it. Use it. We've got thousands of believers that are discouraged. Thousands of things that need to be done in God's church throughout the world that need someone to be just a servant, not a star, a servant that will stoop. I, I think back when we had Holy Ghost Hall, our different ones of our men would mop the place, clean the toilets. We had to do a lot of physical things as this ministry grew. Set up chairs, break down chairs. You know, when you're doing it for Jesus, you don't care. If it just promotes him. And you're not worried about, uh, oh, don't act, oh, your pastor, you shouldn't be setting chairs. Are you kidding? I did it until the guys saw me nearly fainting and they started helping me. My wife and I set up every Sunday morning. She sprayed it because there's so much booze in the place. And I set up the chairs. And you know what? I sang all the time. I was setting up the chairs and say, thank God I got a place to preach. 48 chairs. And they finally gave us 200 chairs. If it's for Jesus, it won't be rewarded based on, was that your gift? It'll be, did you just do it for him? Even a cup of cold water, he'll reward you. But doing nothing, we can never get off. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, do it with hilarity. You don't want someone to visit you in the hospital that claims the gift of mercy who is as depressed as you and they're well. I don't need a, I thought I'd come and see you. How come? Well, I'm discouraged. I think you're about to die, Phil. Thanks. I see no hope. And uh, could you help me, Phil? What's wrong? I'm really depressed. Hey, man, I'm dying over here. What? Don't please get up. Don't you folks go there that are manic depressives. Don't. I mean, I need cheer. I need a good word. It's terrible to be sick and you're dependent just on a little buzzer and a cranky nurse. You're in bad shape. That's desperate. And most of them are nice, but I've had other kind too, especially on the midnight shift. Uh, moving right on. I write one nurse that I had, Phyllis. We exchanged Christmas cards every year because I called her my angel that came because she was so compassionate. You cannot believe what it means to be given mercy when you can't help yourself. Mercy's a wonderful thing. Now, uh, there's some, some things I would just underscore. I don't have time to develop it too much. That besides your gifting, let me tell you what should be happening in a divine community. And I just, the way you can do this is just look up a concordance and, and look up the word another. Gene Getz has written a book called Building Up the Body, where he looks at many of the one another's in Scripture that is just a way of the reciprocal attitudes and actions that we ought to be sharing 
with each other. Let me just list some. They're very common to you and just remind you, you need to be in a community with believers, small group, uh, women's studies, men. It doesn't matter. It's hard in a corporate meeting, but to get in a meeting small enough where you can not only exercise gifts, but these one another's. Let's take this. Love one another. Well, that's good. That sounds great. Qualify it. What, what, what was that said? Christ washes the feet of the men, he says, will all flee. But he said at the beginning of John, I'm going to show the full extent of my love. Okay, how do you choose to do that? You'll kiss them twice? Hug them real hard? No, I'll stoop. I'll pour the water. I'll gird myself with the towel. And I'll take the place of a servant. And I'll wash the feet of Peter than the other men. And I will take the role of the humble, suffering, serving Messiah. And then he says, men, by the way, I've given you an example that you should love one another the way I did. How's that? A double, you're really a good boy, good boy. No, stoop to serve one another. Show your love by stooping to serve. You don't love the body until you're willing to stoop and serve. More than that, who does the body belong to? You don't love Christ. By the way, I, I, it sounds terrible, but I don't get a bonus from God if I can get you busy. I don't care if you do anything on one hand. It's none of my business which, how you want to spend your life. None of my business. But I represent what Christ is saying. If you're in Christ and you are a vessel of mercy, a mercy project, Christ said, I didn't go through the cross and through hell and the resurrection to put you in me for you to just say, I don't belong. I have nothing to do. That is an insult to his crossword. We serve him. Not Valley Bible. We're the beneficiaries, but Him. 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 We serve Christ. Do we not? It's Christ's body, not Valley Bible Church's body. He, he's the only one that's got a church. And, and I would say to you, if you're outside of Christ, it's a miserable existence to not know what your purpose is, or to belong to something that's worth living for and dying for. And when Christ rescues you from your vain way of life, he, you all of a sudden find meaning, purpose, a place to belong, a place to function, a place. It's belonging. It's community. We lost it in the garden. God has started a new family of people in Christ where we have family duties, family models, love one another by serving one another. Uh, if we had time to look at it, he says things like this. Uh, in this family, I want you to affirm one another. And look at uh, chapter 12 here. Look at there. Just look down at verse uh, 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And... Uh, in that brotherly love means family love. Honor one another above yourselves. Uh, you know what? We should be affirming one another. 
I have to say that was one of the greatest things done for me as a young preacher is uh, uh, the Snyders. I grew up with them and Laura. And we grew up with a woman in Concord that was a youth leader. Uh, her, she was not a preacher, a big teacher. One of the greatest things she was was affirmed young people. She affirmed, she preached me more than I knew how to preach, but she'd keep having me over because she saw potential, affirmed, affirmed, treated me like a million bucks when I was 16, didn't know how to preach Harley, had a little inkling of a desire, Harley, no skill, but she made me feel like Billy Graham. Do you affirm anybody or do you compete? We, we, we need not compete with each other. We need to affirm. You ought to say, hey, that's a good job. I, uh, boy, you're really good at it. Man, God could use you like, keep it up. Go. Huh? You know why we corporately meet? Not just to take an offering. He said in the Hebrews, we take to stimulate one another to love and good works. We ought to be a stimulus meeting, or why in the world would you make the effort to come? Hey, but, but the body's got to be active, and uh, you got to break out. How are you functioning in the body? Are you a stimulus? Not the stimulus package. I'm talking about stimulating people, affirming them. Uh, we, we, you know what? Uh, see if you like this one. The, the body of Christ ought to be a place where you find family affection. Three of you agree? Family affection. And where does that come from? Greet one another with a handshake. That's our translation. Now, I don't want to get you gooey here. I mean, I don't want to get any the swine flu spread. Uh, but why, why would he say greet with another with a holy kiss? Well, uh, they, we know they kiss. Like we see the Arabs and, and you know, the, chiefs, the Jewish people don't do that very much. They're near, near Eastern. But whatever, however that comes out culturally, make it your business to show family affection. And every person I see in the church that's frozen usually is carrying bitterness, an unforgiveness, a hurt. Uh, they're mad at the church. They're mad at somebody in the past. And, and they're just, uh, the arteries are clogged. You can't get out any sincere emotion uh, or affection. No. And don't, I had a prof in school because you're you're, now here, I'm running with these Pentecostals. I got saved in a microwave oven, and we hugged everybody. So I'm in seminary, and I had this prof, and one day he just really touched me in class, so I met him in his office. I said, Dr. Schaefer, and I just, you know, I, I thought I was in a different environment. I thought I was at a Pentecostal meeting. And I, and, and I just feel this rib cage. And he's big. He's about six three. Are you done? We don't hug. Oh, Okay. Uh, what do you do? We're right. <laughs> so the brighter I get, the less I'll hug. Got it. He said, emotions are a work of the flesh. Get your emotions under control. Woo, the lesson for the day. So I froze up. Start learning to stare. And said, I love you folks. Cause it's in the, my notes. <laughs> Man, that's, that's what Jesus did, you know. Don't touch me, you leper. 
hey, you're a prostitute. You work in the red light district. I can't be with you. No, he's totally opposite. That's why a lot of people like God. They just can't stand the church. Because God's wonderful. It's his representatives that sometimes really screw it up. Because we bring all of our stuff. Said No, he said, I want my people to have family love. Family love. I, can you imagine? Well, you don't know. You don't know my dad. But can I just see this. Hi, Dad. I would return the hand with a stump. Don't ever insult me with a handshake. I'm your father. Are you in a divine? And don't bring your family's hang up. Your earthly father is not your heavenly father. I don't care what he did. He is not the representative of your. The heavenly father is in another league. He doesn't abuse anybody. He doesn't abuse anybody. We can... Be open with him. Family affection. Uh, affirm one another. Encourage one another. Uh, some of you have never done that. You ought to try that. We have encouragement cards we use for you introverts that don't like to say it. Just write it and drop in a check or something, you know, uh, or a free uh, maybe Starbucks card. Something if you don't, can't say it. Encourage one another. Why? Lest we lest we become bitter and we fall out of the way. I would rather build a fence at the top of the cliff than to build a hospital at the bottom of it. I'd rather catch a person before they go over. Sometimes people tell me, say, well, they're about to go over the cliff. They're, you know, they're in trouble, Pastor. You know that? I say, have you said anything? No, I'm just watching it. My gift is watching them go over. Would you intervene? Would you try to... No, no, that's your job. No, it's not. It's anybody who sees it. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Uh, I just close with, share your goods, share your finances, share your food uh, with people. Uh, Have them in your home. That's a lost art. It's called hospitality. It's required of church leaders. But in the early church, they couldn't have made it without people giving a place to sleep. Because if you stayed in the motels of the day, they were normally brothels. So you always stayed with the saints when you were traveling. And uh, you had a meal with them. Uh, Share your life. I just close with this. That uh, Jesus one time started thanking some people for being good to him. And he said, you know what? You people, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, now that's fairly basic. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. He goes on, I was a stranger, and you took me in. I had a brother tell me last night uh, how he went to a church and visited 300 miles away, and when he got there, the color of the people he arrived to were white. He happened to be dark-colored. And uh, they told him he had to find another place, maybe to stay, or he'd made arrangements with someone else. But biblically, when you travel 300 miles to be in a fellowship meeting, somebody should offer to keep him all night, fed him, gave him something to drink, and help him on his way. Biblically, that's what they do in the New Testament. He said, I, I was a stranger and you took me in. And that could have a meaning in our culture, you took me in, you know, that could be bad. But no, you brought me in. I needed clothes, you clothed me. You clothed who? You clothed me. Who's saying this? Christ. 
I was sick and you looked after me. I know a lot of folks that don't like to visit the hospital. Well, guess what? The patient doesn't like being there. Oh, the sight of blood just makes me sick. Get over it. You can get over it. I was in prison. Jesus, you've been in prison. You got some of your kids in prison? Yeah. There's members of the body of Christ in prison. The early church, they had plenty, most of their pastors. In China, so many of the pastors, they weren't ready to pastor until they lived in a cell for 15 years. The expansion and growth of the Chinese church is a phenomenon of history. I ask you, uh, did you realize that you've been put in the body to uh, minister to one another? One time, Jesus stopped a man on the road going to kill off a bunch of saints, and he said, why are you persecuting me? And saw the devout rabbi said, I'm, I'm going to kill a bunch of ragtag Christians in Damascus. What you got to do with it? I'm the Lord, and those, when you touch them, you touch me. And what he's saying in Romans is, you've been saved as a mercy project, and you've been designed to minister mercy through gifts, through the one another attitudes and actions, and Get yourself in a community small enough where uh, you can minister. I close with this. C.S. Lewis tells the story in his book, Four Loves, that he and Tolkien and a, uh, another writer, Charles Smith, and himself used to meet at a pub, and they had a writer's fellowship, and there was a few others there, but mainly Charles Smith, Tolkien, and uh, C.S. Lewis. And Lewis said that uh, Smith died and in his own mind, he thought, goody, in a way, I'm going to get more of Tolkien that they called Robert. I'm going to get more of him now that Charles has died. He said, you know what? He was greatly surprised that when you took that one man out of their circle, that when Charles Smith was there, he brought things out of Robert and brought things out of the other men by his humor, by his interchange, that Lewis said was no longer in the meetings because the group dynamic brings out things in different people. And I've had friendships like that. They were in this church. I had guys that we used to run with. There'd be about five of us. Some of the Fernandes boys and a guy named Frank and Kevin. And, and the dynamic in the room, it, you just need to record it to see the sparks flying and the wit and the, uh, the puns. And it, it was a group dynamic that if you took one guy out, you, you didn't get more of them, you got less because they were a stimulus that brought out different things about us. And that's what's so terrible about getting old and inactive is pretty soon there's no interaction with anyone. Because you cannot know all there is to know of God by yourself. You need to be with other people. He's been changing them, teaching them. And when they bounce off of you what God's been showing them, and it goes back and forth, we become a stimulus package to one another because we've all been designed to benefit one another. But the enemy wants to isolate us from one another, and he's done that in this culture. So we have to fight for community fight where we can use our gifts and where we can do the one another's. 
truth for today that we might live in truth tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. Our teacher and pastor has been Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. And on today's broadcast of Truth for Today, we've spent time here in God's Word that we might grow in His grace. If you'd like to review today's message, copies are available on CD for just $5. Mention today's date when you call 510-799-3171, 510-799-3171. You're welcome to visit our website. We have resource materials there at our online store, as well as information about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities, and events here at the church valleybible.org is the website. Again, valleybible.org. And would you drop us an email? Let us know you paid us a visit. That would mean a great deal to us. Also, it encourages us when you call or write to us and let us know how the program encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. Please don't take for granted for a moment the significance of correspondence with us. It really does matter, and it really does make a difference when you contact us and let us know how the program encourages you. Questions, comments, prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. Our desire is for you to grow in Christ, that we might be mutually encouraged in his grace. So again, the phone number is 510-799-3171. That's 510-799-3171. And the web address is valleybible.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We're just off Highway 4, the church with the three crosses on the hill, about a quarter of a mile from the Highway 4 I-80 junction. You can't miss us. Directions can be had when you call us, again, 510-799-3171, or by visiting our website, valleybible.org. We thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. God bless.